You're listening to another life-transforming message from Awakened Church with campuses in San Diego and Salt Lake City. To find out more about us, go to awakenedchurch.com. I'm one that likes to go on little journeys, or God will really take me on journeys. And I feel like with this word, it's been a journey that's been unfolding over the past few weeks. And it's been one that has been personally challenging to me, but it's been one that's also been exceptionally growing, and I'm excited to bring it to you tonight. Are you excited to go on a journey? Okay. So come with me in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 3. For those of you who are unfamiliar with the Bible, you just have to turn three or four pages forward, and you are there. Genesis, it means beginning. So, uh, Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. Now, the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God indeed said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, We may eat of the trees of the fruit of the garden, the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, You shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die, for God knows the day that you eat of it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant to the eyes, a tree desirable to make one wise, she took of its fruit, and she ate. She also gave it to her husband, and he ate. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And God said, who told you you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree which I commanded that you should not eat? Then the man said, that woman who you gave me to be with, she gave me of the tree and I ate. So how many of you know that something may look really good, it might taste really good, but if God says don't do it, it's going to bring a curse. So how many of you, you know that that's the truth? Can I get an amen? Amen. Okay. So flip forward in the Bible to Mark chapter 11, verse 12. It's in the New Testament, second book of the New Testament, Mark chapter 11, verse 12. So now the next day, when they had come out of Bethany, Jesus was hungry and seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves, for it was not the season for figs. In response, Jesus said to the tree, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And his disciples heard it. So they came to Jerusalem. Then Jesus went into the temple and began to drive out those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he would not allow anyone to carry wares through the temple. Then he taught, saying to them, Is it not written, My house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations? But you have made it a den of thieves. 
And the scribes and the chief priests heard it and sought how they might destroy him, for they feared him because all the people were astonished at his teaching. When evening had come, Jesus went out from the city. Now, in the morning, as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God, for assuredly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Be removed and cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive them that your father in heaven may also forgive you of your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your heavenly father forgive you your trespasses. So the man and the woman uh, lost their faith in God. The serpent deceived them and they lost their faith in God and they thought they could do something outside of God to bring them power that was equal to God, but it didn't make them fruitful. Instead, it brought a curse. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing, but abide in me and I in you and you will bear much fruit. God told Adam and Eve to be fruitful and multiply, but instead of bearing fruit themselves, they took fruit from the tree that belonged to God. And as soon as they sinned, they were ashamed and immediately went to cover the most vulnerable parts of themselves, parts that were a gift from God to bring connection, bring pleasure, and most importantly, to bear fruit. And they covered those very parts with fig leaves. The fig tree on the road from Bethany was meant to bear fruit, but it just had leaves, was just for show. It was taking nutrients from the ground, but not creating fruit. It was taking rain from the sky, but it wasn't bearing fruit. In the temple, the money changers and the sellers were coming to the place that people brought their offerings to God, the place where people worshiped, but they weren't coming to worship God. They were coming to take, to create wealth for themselves at the expense of others, just like the tree that Christ had cursed, he also kicked the fruitless takers out of the temple. There's some people that show up to church just to take. They can look like they're bearing fruit, but they're not bringing anything. So after the cleansing of the temple and the withering of the fig tree, the disciples asked to explain the fig tree and Jesus teaches about the power of faith. And then Jesus teaches on forgiveness. You cannot forgive. Let me just tell you, listen to this. You cannot forgive someone that you look down on. And sometimes the, sometimes that fig leaf that you're hiding behind is the story that you've made up about someone that you are refusing to forgive. You can't reap the fruit of forgiveness, which is being forgiven by God if you are unwilling to forgive. And you can't forgive if you are constantly looking down on people, making up stories about how you're better than them. I promise it gets nicer towards the end, okay? (laughs) 
So unforgiveness is a fig leaf, and all of us have fig leaves in our our lives that we hide behind. Sometimes there's big ones that are obvious to everyone, and there's sometimes decorative ones that look pretty good, but they are unfruitful. So there are over 800 different varieties of figs. I looked this up. I was curious, you know. So over 800 different varieties of figs, and they may have slightly different leaves, but they're still figs. Paul teaches the temptations in your life are no different than from what anybody else experiences. Or in another translation, it says that there is no sin that can overcome you except what's common to all mankind. Some of us do a better job of hiding it, but relax. All of us are works in progress. I'm not calling out anyone. I am also a work in progress. So behind the leaves of a healthy plant, there is meant to be fruit, right? But instead, when we're just covering with a leaf and whatever that leaf is, that thing that we've sewn together to cover ourselves when we've come out from the covering of God and are trying to cover ourselves with it, Whatever those things are, when we use a leaf to cover ourselves, there's usually a wound behind that leaf. And with that wound, there's a life that is withering. And since Eden, men has had a real bad habit of putting leaves over the areas that are meant to be bearing fruit so that they look fruitful when they're not. And the, the really heartbreaking part about that is that when you cover the places that are meant to bear fruit to make them look like they're fruitful, they never get healed in a way that they could actually bear fruit. So when Adam and Eve sinned, they damaged their relationship with God and they stepped out from God's covering. And first the serpent caused them to doubt and then they sinned and then they realized they were naked, that they were vulnerable, and then they immediately went to cover themselves with fig leaves. So there's a, you know, you, you think of covering, they were covered, they were protected by the hand of God, the creator of everything. And then they went to go cover themselves with fig leaves. Let's see, God's covering? Fig leaves. And the whole Christian journey is ultimately a journey of recovery, coming back under the covering of God. And some people have a question for us as the recovery pastors of like, well, do I have to be a drug addict to come to recovery? And it's like, no. What we teach is recovery, coming back under God's covering. And all of us have fig leaves. Can I get an amen? Okay. So the first step in that journey is coming out from behind the leaves that we've covered ourselves with, the idols that we've created and hidden behind. So tonight I want to give you some practical tools to find real healing for what's behind the leaves. So my message is called Behind the Leaves. You know, the enemy's agenda through sin is to get you to believe that the covering that you've fashioned for yourself is going to be more satisfying than the covering of God. Sin's agenda is to get the world to acknowledge 
the covering that it provides as sufficient. And it used to be when somebody was hiding behind a fig leaf, it was pretty obvious because after a couple of days, that leaf would start to turn brown and wither and chip away. But the world has gotten really good at creating artificial leaves. They look good even though they're not real. And if you're not careful, you can look around and believe that you're in a garden but you're actually in a place surrounded by plastic leaves that are not producing any life. When somebody's dying, when somebody's like really actually going through the process of dying and the world knows that it has no power to heal that person, they put them in hospice and they give them what's called palliative care or comfort care. The purpose of palliative care is to make that person comfortable until they die. The world's only solution to sin, and hear me on this, the world's only solution to sin is palliative care. And seriously, it'll be dressed up as life, but it's just to make you comfortable until you die. And instead of believing that transformation is actually possible... Instead of believing that transformation is actually possible or raising a standard that calls people out of dysfunction, the world has adopted comfort care. We know you're dying, so we're just going to give you as much of whatever you want so you can die in comfort. That's the way the world cares for people. And if you're in the world and you don't agree with the care they're providing, you are hateful. Sometimes God's covering isn't comfortable. God's word is sharp, sharper than a two-edged sword, and it cuts. God's word is convicting before it's comforting, but what it cuts away actually brings healing and real life. You know, I lost my faith in Jesus when I lost my faith in Santa Claus when I was five or six years old. And I, in growing up in a world without God, I had to be the God of my world. And one of the first leaves I hid behind as a child was my intelligence. I had adults, I had teachers telling me that I was really smart. And because I was smart, I was capable of all of these things. So I hid behind that leaf feeling superior to a lot of people and feeling like I didn't need to play by the rules. That was the leaf. The wound, the fear behind the leaf was that I had absolutely no idea what I was doing. And that I was really scared if you found out that I would be rejected. Underneath, you know, there's, there's a whole complex world that led to that belief system. And my parents had gone through a divorce, the things that I put my faith in had been ripped out from under me, and I felt like I was a friggin' alien floating through life. But people told me I was smart, and if I was smart, then that meant that I was better than the people around me, and if I could just hold on to that leaf, I thought that I would be okay. And that lasted until I was in junior high, and there were probably a lot of other leaves that came along the way, but in junior high, I really felt like an alien and I got into 
drinking and doing drugs. And I hid behind the leaf of this is the thing where I'm really free to make my own decisions. This is mind expanding. This is something that gives me freedom. And the truth was it was the only time that I felt comfortable in my skin. And there was a world of hurt, a world of shame, a world of doubt behind that leaf as well. In high school, I had a couple of failed attempts at sobriety. And uh, I think the real reason was because I wasn't truly willing to give up the leaf of my addiction. I hadn't found a real solution to my life behind that leaf. And so I just hung on to maybe one day I'll be able to figure out a mild cocaine habit and controlled heavy drinking, and then I would feel free. And eventually I relapsed because if you're holding on to reservations about anything, just like if you're holding on to reservations about God and you're not actually being honest with the people that you have in community and you don't have solid, solid mentors around you to guide you through your honest doubts and prejudice, eventually you will leave. And at 19, I did relapse and I almost lost my life several overdoses and near-death experiences, and I knew that I, I could not safely use cocaine or any other drug. I couldn't safely drink at all. I couldn't just go out and have one beer, because as soon as I cracked open that door, the enemy just kicked it wide open, and next thing I knew, it was like two days later, and my whole life had fallen apart. So sometimes two weeks later, and I called out to a God that I didn't know. I didn't know his name. I didn't know who he was, but I just had a mustard seed of faith that maybe there was a God there that could help me. And I got down on my knees and I just said exactly that, God help me. And he did. But I'll tell you, that that was all that I gave him because I thought that that was my big problem. If I can just overcome my drinking, if I can just overcome my drug addiction, then I've got a lot of other ideas about how I'm going to be successful in life. So I picked up some more leaves. I put down one, but I picked up like 10 more. And I became a workaholic hiding behind the leaf of success. I became a sex addict hiding behind the leaf of being a stud. I became addicted to unhealthy relationships hiding behind the leaf of being a romantic. And having my heart broken over and over again and feeling like maybe I wasn't made for normal relationships, I went into bisexual and homosexual relationships hiding behind the the leaf of being open-minded and free, and I don't care what anybody thinks. But behind that leaf was a world of hurt. Later on, I hid behind the leaf of healthy eating and exercise, but that became so much of an obsession that I was actually dying. I'm 6'3", I weighed 149 pounds, but I was hiding behind the leaf of being healthy. 
there were a lot of leaves that I hid behind and none of them I could really truly let go of. I would put one down, but another one would come up in its place almost as quickly as I'd put the other one down, every time offering me a little bit of hope, but leaving me more broken on the other side of it. And it seemed like I couldn't get free until I heard the gospel. And I had believed... I had believed that the only, the only way that I would be accepted in a faith community was if I figured out all of those leaves on my own, that I had to be leaf free and healthy in order to be accepted by God. But that I heard the real gospel and something in my heart knew it was true. There was something in my heart that said, come home. And when I heard the gospel, I realized that God never wanted me to figure out all of that stuff on my own. In fact, it was impossible. What he wanted to do is to mature me and grow me like a relationship of a good father to a son in his time and in his way. We would work through that whole hedge full of leaves that I had been hiding behind but it wasn't going to happen with my timing and on my power, it was going to happen with him. And I started to work through those things with him in healthy community. I got deliverance, but deliverance wasn't the thing that set me free from all of the leaves. It was the beginning for sure, because some of those leaves had a little demon attached to it that were that were uh, making it real hard to let go. But once I got those things broken off, there was a lot of inner healing that needed to happen. And there's some people that get so addicted to that experience of deliverance that they get delivered, they never get healed, they go home and pick up a ton more leaves, then come back to the altar, get those demons broke off again, and they're left, and they, I swear, they are building a pile of leaves that is becoming a fire hazard. They're not getting better, they're getting worse. And I found that when I let God into that, that He never ever used the word punish in association with my sin. When I failed, when I sinned, Sin was enough of a punishment on his own. He didn't need to pour salt in the wound. But like a good dad, he waited until I came and asked for his forgiveness. Forgiveness was already bought for me, but I couldn't receive it until I asked for it. And when I asked for it, he was always faithful to forgive me. He would pick me up, dust me off, pat me on the back and encourage me to keep going. And as, as I went, as I kept going, I started to grow and I started to change. And eventually I became healthy enough to be in a relationship. It wasn't like I got saved and bam, I'm on the dating circuit. There was a lot of healing that really needed to happen in order for that relationship to actually be healthy. But eventually God brought me 
my wife through a friend that I met, strangely, at church. What do you know? (laughs) And my wife brought me to this house on our second date. And since I've been here, we dated, we were engaged, and we have two beautiful children. But I'll tell you that marriage wasn't the finish line, it was the starting block. And marriage is the greatest tool that God has for personal growth. And I will tell you that it is not always easy, that when you come into marriage, you come with some leaves, you come as a rough stone, And as you start rolling through life together, those stones bump up against each other. And when stones are rough and they bump up against each other, sometimes sparks fly. But eventually, when you trust God, when God is in the middle of that equation and you are quick to forgive rather than quick to hide behind pride and unforgiveness, God will start to smooth out those stones so eventually you start to roll through life together. And it's a beautiful, beautiful journey. And I'll tell you that today I have a healthy life in just about every area. There are no big glaring things. And it's a life... It's a life that bears fruit. This is my family. Our friend Whitney took this picture and it's literally what life is like at our house 90% of the time. I'm not lying to you. You can ask the people that know us, the people that are around us. You can ask my wife that our life looks like this. This isn't just something that we shot for our Christmas card so we could pretend, put on a leaf like everything's okay while everything's falling apart. It really looks like this. Before I got saved, every area of my life was a mess. I had leaves that looked on the uh, looked good on the outside. They were shiny leaves, you couldn't tell. But every area of my life, relationally, financially, health, everything was a mess. I had a 400 and 50 credit score. But I hid behind the leaf of like, I don't play by the system's rules. I'm successful enough that I can pay for everything in cash. I ran my credit before I came here tonight to see where it was at. And it's not 450. (laughs) And I don't tell you that, I don't tell you that to brag, but I had actually, like giving my finances to God was literally the last thing, the last thing that I ever thought I was gonna do. I tried to manage it myself and that's how far it got me. And having a good credit score is not the end all and be all of life, but I will tell you, having a good credit score says that you have stewarded some areas of your life pretty well. So, you know, Adam and Eve covered themselves physically. And a lot of us will cover our physical, our spiritual wounds with physical things. But true recovery can only come spiritually. 
And I want to give you four quick things, and I don't have time to get into depth about all of them. You can take a picture if you like, or you can watch this again on the app. But I want to tell you the four things in life that have brought me real freedom. The first thing was to be honest about the leaves that I've been hiding behind. The second thing was to accept God's forgiveness and let him heal what's behind the leaves in community. There's never a time that God heals outside of community, not completely. Our biggest issues are relational and God needs to heal us relationally. The third thing was to forgive others and to repay my debts. Sometimes that seemed overwhelming, but if I did the first two things, God would find a way in his time to make that stuff happen. And I will tell you honestly today, that there is not a single person in the entire world that could walk through that door right now that would freak me out. I do not owe anybody anything, and I sleep well at night. And the fourth thing is to let your light shine and then invite others to do the same. So if you're brand new or if you've been coming to church, but you know you don't have a real relationship with God and you feel like the relationships in your life may not be as real as they could be either, I want to invite you into that type of relationship tonight. But you got to step out from behind the leaves you've been covering yourself with. You got to be able to trust. You know, in in Hebrews 11.6, it says, without faith, it's impossible to please God. I will tell you, without trust, it's impossible to know God. So I want to pray for everybody tonight that you can have a real encounter with God, not just one where you're playing church, but one where you really encounter God and God transforms your life. So will everybody in here, everybody in here, bow your head and close your eyes. For some of you, being known is terrifying because you believed if you were really and truly known that you'd be rejected. And let me tell you, I've been there and it's a lie. If I just hang on to this last leaf, I won't be vulnerable. If I'm ever vulnerable, if I'm never vulnerable, I will never actually be known. Let me tell you, if you don't let yourself be vulnerable, you'll never truly live. Jesus said to the leper, take up your bed and walk. And I'm saying to you tonight, put down your leaf and live. If you are hedging your bets, hiding behind a hedge full of leaves, let me tell you, until you step out from that hedge, until you give God your last leaf, you'll never know how far he wants to take you. And there's some of you who have made an idol out of God's power. And this is an interesting one. Jesus said, in the last days, many will come to me and they will say, Lord, Lord, did we not cast out demons in your name? Did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not perform signs and wonders in your name? And I will say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity, you workers of evil, I never knew you. God's power is never meant to be exercised outside of relationship. God wants us to be naked before him and in the presence of each other. He created us that way and he doesn't want you to be hiding behind a leaf and doing things using his name in power and not in relationship. So if you fall into any of those categories tonight, 
at the count of three, I want you to raise your hand so I can pray for you. And I'm, I'm telling you, there's, I'm gonna invite the ministry team down here to pray with you afterwards, but I want you to have an encounter with God tonight. If you are in this room under the sound of my voice and you are hearing that tonight and you are feeling a little agitated in your seat, I'm talking to you. So at the count of three, I want you to raise your hand so I can pray for you. If you fall into either one of those two categories and you want to have a real encounter with God, raise your hand right now. One, two, three. God bless you. 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 I want you to remember this moment as a line in the sand. And for everybody in this room and everybody online, I want you to repeat after me. Everyone that raised their hand, anyone that didn't raise their hand, anybody that felt like they should have raised their hand but didn't because they're serving on a team and didn't want their leadership to know that they were struggling, that's fine. Just pray and see what God does. So repeat after me so the great cloud of witnesses will hear that, that sound of people around them. Heavenly Father, I thank you that you became naked, became vulnerable, and came to earth to deliver us from sin and all of the leaves that we've hidden behind. God, I thank you today that you have purposed more forgiveness for me and for everybody else than we could possibly ever use up. God, I declare that heaven is my home, that God is my father, and I ask you, deliver me from dead religion, deliver me from striving, and bring me into a relationship with you and a God-loving community that will transform my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. To find out more about our locations, team, and what we do here at Awakened Church, go to awakenedchurch.com.